Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, time for our next guest, somebody I'm very excited to have here on the show. Uh, he's the creator of uh, City Field HR. And uh, more pertinent to this show, because I talk about it all the time. We just talked about it in the last segment. Uh, xstats.org. Andrew Perpetua. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thank you for having me on, Al. <laughs> Yeah, no, great to have you on. Uh, I definitely want to talk about this uh, Chase Field humidor situation with you because you've uh, been, you know, researching it. Uh, you've obviously, uh, with the news, been tweeting a lot about it. Have some some uh, great insight, and of course, I just want to give people a little bit more context uh, uh, as to what you do uh, with ads.org and and how people can use that to help them uh, do their research and. Play better fantasy baseball and all that that sort of thing. So, uh, but uh, before we do dig into that, you know, it seems like a, a timely time to do this. Talking about the humidor and how you know in the past we've used Chase Field to you know make DFS decisions. Uh, fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls every week with free entry. Just sign up and enter at www.fantasyfactor.com. All right, well let's let's get to it, Andrew. So um, you've, you've done uh, research on what the humidor uh, might do in terms of impacting hitters and pitchers, and your own research on City Field and and moving the wall there relates to it. Um, what what uh, what did you find, and how do those things link together? Well, when you install the humidor in Chase Field, um, the, the the humidor does two different things to the ball. First, you you it, it you know the ball absorbs moisture out of the air in the humidor, so it gets heavier. So that's that's one effect. So obviously the heavier ball is, you know, it's harder to get moving. It's hard to change directions, you know, the laws of physics. But um, uh, the other thing it does is that it kind of reduces the bounciness of the ball. So, um, so you know, you imagine like kind of like a super ball versus kind of like, you know, uh, like a like a bag of sand. Like, you know, they, they bounce different heights when you drop them. So uh, when you put it in the humidor, it makes the ball – less like a super ball and more like a bag of sand, if you know what I mean. So it makes it less bouncy, and it also makes it heavier. So those two effects combine, and it it reduces the expected exit velocity, holding everything else constant. So, you know, the same pitch speed, the same bat speed, the same quality of contact, you know, whether you hit the sweet spot of the bat or, you know, whatever. Holding all of that constant, the exit velocity should drop about four miles per hour. And four miles per hour is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, honestly I mean, didn't even expect that. I thought maybe, you know, like two and two is, is not nothing, you know, but that, that's, that's a big change. Yeah. I, I think the, the theoretical, um, Alan Nathan did, you know, the legwork on this, on these uh, studies in the laboratory. And he, he found the, the theoretical change should be about 3.8%. Uh, I mean, 3.8 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> It's a big change. So, so that just dropping dropping the exit velocity by that degree is going to dramatically change how that park plays. And there's something else to to maybe keep in mind. Um, 
this park is also like this isn't just going to be a strict drop in exit velocity like you shouldn't think of it as like everybody's going to get worse you should also consider it that the park is artificially making those guys better you know at the same time so so if you compare the exit velocities of people in chase field when they are at home versus when they're away there's about a two mile per hour gap so when they when they play in chase field those batters are hitting it about two miles per hour faster than they do in away games. And there might be even more to that story. Um, there, there might be some sort of measure, measurement bias that, uh, that is making uh, the readings in Chase Field not quite what they should be. Like, mm-hmm. they might actually be hitting it more like three miles per hour harder than they are on the road, and it's getting hidden by some like park factor or, you know, a calibration issue within TrackMan or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when, when you put, introduce this humidor, it's going to reverse all that and it's going to dramatically change the park. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, I'm me to interrupt. Uh, but, uh, you know, I talked in the, the first segment of the show, look, just looking at home road splits and seeing that a lot of hitters will clearly be impacted. Uh, hitters like A.J. Pollock, uh, Brandon Drury, Yasmani Tomas, Chris Owings, um, who all, you know, who do have those those big home road splits in favor of, of playing a chase field. Um, but, you know, even somebody like Paul Goldschmidt, who doesn't have really big splits, basically what you're saying is that, you know, the, those you know home splits may uh, you know that the that they the, the uh, sort of uh, I'm sorry I'm struggling for a word here but basically <laughs> I, I want to say overcompensation but that's not the right word but basically like the it's not just going to be a neutral park you know it, there, there's a good chance based on that research by by Alan Nathan that it's going to just revert all the way to being a pitcher's park so just looking at just flat home road splits doesn't really tell you the whole story it'd be more like what does Paul Goldschmidt do when he goes to San Diego and Miami and San Francisco? You know what that you know what that that to me would seem to be the better indication. So does, does that sound about right? Yeah, it it, it should be. Um, and also, you know, like the the whole like you, you get certain bonuses from being home, you know, and uh, you know the home cooked food and you know all the better. Um, routine in the morning so so being at home you should get some boost and uh so it, it shouldn't like just looking at away splits on their own let's that won't really give you a good story either i don't think so it's it's kind of hard to think about and uh i i built a model um that that kind of adjusted uh just everybody's exit velocity in the park to see what would happen if they didn't have that extra exit velocity. Um, and it, it's part of my X, my X stats uh, algorithms that I wrote that they, it goes through and it finds your hit probability based on your exit velocity and launch angle. So, I mean, for that, I mean, it's pretty easy to run it with these new exit velocities. or just take whatever the real exit velocity was and subtract four and see what happens. Yep. And when I did so, it drops the home run rate by about 35%. And, uh, and not only that, but it, it, boosts, it boosts the single rate, and it, it cut down on the doubles rate, too. So, oof. 
It's, yeah, not not going to be good. <laughs> Definitely not going to be good for yeah. somebody like Brandon Drury, who's who hits a lot, of, has hit a lot of doubles at, at Chase Field. So, uh, yeah, I think we get a pretty clear picture. And and plus that thirty five percent figure that you came up with almost splits the difference of that range from the Alan Nathan study of twenty five to, to yeah. fifty. So. You know that it, it really, I think, paints the picture picture pretty clearly for us. And uh, you know, I, I will admit I've been guilty of kind of soft peddling the fantasy angle on this, you know, prior to it actually happening. But now that it's happening and I'm getting better informed, uh, you know, I realize that this is this is a big deal. So yeah, um, I've, I've yeah. been hoping they would bring in the fences, but I guess they decided not to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's well, you know, it's just going to be a, a new. A new game that we're going to have to adjust to, as far as Diamondbacks players and and players that go and you know for daily purposes or weekly purposes, you know players that are visiting uh, Chase Field. Uh, but I want to switch gears here, Andrew, because um, you know you've made allusions to X stats. Uh, you know I've, I've peppered it throughout the show. I do so on a regular basis, but uh, you know I, I always wind up using sort of shorthand to explain what I'm talking about because there's a lot that goes into what you you produce on the site there and and you know the estimates of a batting average on base percentage slugging and and you know far more than that so i thought we'd just take a few minutes uh now uh so that hopefully you know people listening when i come back for tomorrow's show and i talk about somebody having you know an expected average of 282 you know they understand uh, better you know where that comes from and what that means so what exactly uh when people go to xstats.org what are they looking at and and uh, how you know what's the the process behind it? At its heart, it is a it's an attempt to estimate hit probability. Um, so the pro, so when you hit the ball, what are the chances you get a single versus a double or a triple or a home run or an out? So at the heart, that's really what it is. And then I use those hit probabilities to. To calculate like batting average, so you know you, so for for each like I I'll, like for a batting average, you add up like all the fractional singles and doubles and triples and whatever, and you you add them up, divide them by plate appearances, or you know anyway. So that's that's how you do it. So um, so at the heart, it's really trying to estimate hit probability, and it does it does that using exit velocity and launch angle, uh, primarily. And by launch angle, I mean vertical and horizontal. Um, it, it groups together similarly hit balls. Um, so, you know, if you hit a line drive, it'll group together all of the similarly hit line drives, you know, based on the angle and the velocity, like, you know, where it lands in the field, it'll group them all together and find, um, you know, the average success rate for a line drive of that similar type and quality. And, uh, so it does that for every single hit that, you know, every, player produces or pitcher or whatever and um and it and just sums it all up <laughs> uh that's that's pretty much what it is at its heart and then there are other things that spun out of that um like various uh like i i have one metric that does uh a full offensive evaluation it's kind of like woba and uh it's kind of different it's, i call it outs I need to change the name, the terrible name, but um, if you have a good name suggestion, I, I'll be happy to take it. But it's, um, it's, it's a stat that I'm pretty proud of. It's a full offensive metric. Lower is better for the stat. And um, so, uh, like, for instance, like, um, like you, might see, you might see some players with a, a score of about one 
I mean, I mean, point one, which would be pretty bad, and another, like Aaron Judge had a score of like negative point uh, two five, which was great. And I, I understand that scale is kind of hard to wrap your head around, but it's that scale for a reason. <laughs> and it, it's I, I think it's a pretty good stat, and you can use it to estimate um, runs scored and RBIs and um, offensive contribution to a team, and all really easy. I think. Sometime soon, maybe this week or maybe next week, I'm going to put up some formulas for how to calculate expected RBIs and expected runs scored using that stat. Uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, the way it's turned out. Well, I also have other other stats that you might be interested in (laughs) that are maybe a little bit easier to wrap your head around. Like I have Zoba, which is expected Woba. And my version is different than the version you'll find on like Baseball Savant. Uh, the biggest difference, I use horizontal angle and they don't, but I also have a bit of a speed score built in, although my speed score isn't that great. I probably need to upgrade it, but, uh, it's better than nothing. <laughs> and, um, I also have park effects built in and, um, seasonal effects built in too. Well, it's uh, cool stuff. And that uh, out statistic, you know, I think is really handy, uh, you know, because uh, I know that a lot of the analysis I do here and I do in, in my columns, uh, you know, focuses on skills. And, and so things that are, you know, team affected like uh, run production, uh, sometimes I give short shrift to. So it's good that, you know, for folks have a place to go to. And frankly, I'll lean on it uh, now that I know that it's there and, and uh, understand better what it does. So, um yeah. If you have a better name for it, I'm all yours because it's a terrible right. name. It's just a placeholder name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will open that up to the audience. So, uh, you know, check it out on xstats.org and, uh, uh, you know, see uh, if, if uh, you can find a better name uh, for, for the measure. Uh, well, one last thing here, uh, and I, I can't go too deep into this because we have, I think, about two minutes left. But, you know, I recently did an analysis, uh, a graph uh, that I shared with you, Andrew. And basically, I grouped a bunch of hitters together with very similar sprint speeds but who varied quite a bit in terms of the expected average on, on what you call on your site dribblers. So, you know, yeah. basically the, the lowest hit, you know, negative launch angle, ground balls, where speed, you, uh, I would imagine, would be a huge factor. And yet this group, who all have, you know, similar sprint speed, they're kind of all over the place, uh, you know, ranging from yeah. Eduardo Escobar, who hits 160, or last season, I'm sorry, uh, hit 063 on uh, dribblers, but even his X uh, average was only 162. And then Yandy Diaz, who has the highest exit velocity on grounders, or had it last year, with an expected average of 287 and, and you know, a whole bunch of players in between. And two of the players on the high end were Avisayo Garcia and Marcelo Zuna. Um, I mean, how do we explain the fact that they, because they're sort of viewed as, uh, by a lot of people, as regression candidates, uh, we've got like a minute left, so I don't know if I'm giving yeah. you adequate time to answer the question. But, you know, so I, I let's do, just take like, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I do have a potential explanation for this, and I, I think yeah. it could be summarized most simply as a shift. <laughs> but, um, but each batter will have a different distribution of horizontal angles, and some of those distributions are easier to defend against than others. And I think hmm. that might be playing a big role here. So, um, So I think... I haven't done it personally. Maybe I should. But uh, I think if you go through and compare it to shift data, there might be some correlation. But also each of these batters, um, like Ozuna, for for example, he had uh, a whole bunch of 
batted balls around like 105 and 110 miles per hour. And, yeah. um, and, and they weren't, they were low angles, but they weren't that low. They were like, like negative four degrees. You know, it's not that bad of an upper launch angle, especially when it's 110 okay. miles an hour. <laughs> well, so, uh, uh, unfortunately, again, I, I, that was unfair. I gave you a, a, a complicated question with a minute left, Andrew. So we're, I've, I've got my research cut out for me, but I just, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about X stats and talking about the humidor. Uh, really appreciate it, Andrew. All right. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. My pleasure. So, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Be back tomorrow, uh, same time, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Have a great day, everyone.